happy to come before you and partake of the miracle of divine intervention in our lives, Father, through your word. Thank you that your word is power. Your word is peace. Your word is safety and security for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about peace, our guardian. Amen. Peace, our guardian. And we know there are many aspects to all of the fruit of the Spirit. Actually, the uh, peace is a spirit of the Holy Spirit. The fact that he, uh, one of the fruit of the Spirit is peace, means that when you receive the Holy Spirit, he has already endowed you with the availability of all nine of the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts come differently. Okay, so don't don't try to get them confused. The fruit's always there. I like the old Prego commercial. It's in there. <laughs> you don't have to fast for it, believe for it, ask for it, whatever. It's in there. You have to learn how to yield to it. And you learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But it's available to all believers. It has to be invited in and you yield to it. You got me? You, you have to know that it's available and yield to what's already made available to you. So you do that as an act of your will and as an act act of a deliberate act to yield to the the fruit of, of peace back to all the fruit of the spirit but just to know and when Jesus left the Holy Spirit or Spirit as our comforter, comfort, when we talk about comfort, peace is a portion of that. So it's part of the paraclete ministry of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, the one who's our companion. And we talked about a comforter, not just not being someone who will pat you on the head when you don't feel good. But a comforter is somebody who strengthens you, undergirds and upholds you. And keeps you in the place where God wants us to be. So when peace is our guardian. We need to understand why we need that. Now a guardian is is someone who is entrusted was is one definition what you know ser- several definitions a guardian guardian we know is a protector we know a guardian is someone who preserves who watches over and who keeps but a legal definition of a guardian is one who is entrusted by law to protect preserve care Take custody of someone incapable of managing their own affairs. That sound like anybody you know? Honey, we have already been judged incompetent by the law of God, our old man anyway, to manage our affairs. These are spiritual matters and we're newly coming into them. You know when you're born again you come in fresh new to a a kingdom of spiritual matters where you know have no idea how this stuff works. So you need a legal guardian who has been assigned to you to preserve, protect, keep and help you. He's taken custody of you. So your your spirit man is guarded and and kept separated by from the carnal part of you by peace is your guardian. If you can think about how he interacts with us, uh, remember the school crossing guard. 
and you sat there and you stood at there and God forbid you were the first one on the edge of the curb. You know, so you stand frozen like a deer looking in headlights. And then you look at the sign and you look at the guard and you look at the sign. And you, that's us. Amen. Uh, which way to go? And then that big red sign comes out and the guard with the, the little, uh, you know, the uh, whatever they think that they wear, the little uniform they wear across the little banner across the chest. And they put that sign up and make them cars stop. And you edge out there and, and you know, you hope you're not the first one out and you hope you're at the end of the line because at the end of the line you might get run over by a car. You know, it's just so treacherous out there. Well, that's the way our life is. Your spirit man, the life of your spirit man must be protected. It's very fragile. It's very open to uh, um, being shut down by your flesh by errant words coming into your mind and you meditate on that and you consider that and you don't know which way to go so then peace becomes like your crossing guard guarding it you know and sometimes if it was a <clears throat> older person or you know they always had like a, a retired type person or somebody you could trust like a grandma you know somebody totally harmless and then when that person came out and they walked you just felt so comfortable oh here they are and I can get across the street and I don't have to be scared of anything and so as long as you keep your eyes focused on that crossing guard you made it across then one day you got up enough nerve to look at the light and you kind of tried to figure out how that worked you thought now i'm go back to the crossing guard i was doing much better when I, I don't know how we learned how to cross the street on our own but it takes some time you know it takes some years to get across there without getting flattened you know by cars and stuff and so we have to understand that our spirit man needs guarding hmm? in the 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 uh uh, peace of God keeps that divider between soul, spirit, flesh, all of those things. He's the referee on the inside, the umpire, to keep all those separated out so you don't get divided. You don't get distracted and you're undisturbed. So the word peace also means that we're, we, that was guardian or, you know, that's who he is, that's his function. So, but his characteristics, what is peace like? Peace really means to be safe or happy, undisturbed. Means to be complete and whole, not fragmented. You ever had a problem come up and you put it out of your mind for a while and it pops back up again? See, that's because we don't have his peace. Peace gets rid of the pop-up situation in your mind. He sees that thought trying to creep in and he overshadows you and protects you and covers your brain. And that thought just doesn't have a chance to even get close. You got me? It doesn't penetrate. It doesn't get your emotions worked up. When God really moves in and settles you with his peace, there's a protection there. Sometimes you can try and think of something that will upset you and it won't upset you. You ever have situations come up and you think back to yourself. You say, you know that? They used to bother me when people would say stuff like that. And you don't understand it but you know something has happened that's different. 
And you realize that that difference is how you perceive what it is that that person is doing and what that person is saying. And something, it's not you. But there's something in you that has come inside of you that's transpired that's different now. And it's not like you're so cool like you never have a disturbing thought. But there are certain things that will want to creep into your mind and want to come to your mind. And they don't have the same effect on you anymore. And it's because you have a guardian in there who's guarding your mind and your heart. Through the word of God. Now you got to put some word in there. He's not going to come in there and give you maximum you know, results. So you, you, you meditate on the word. Because if, if you don't have a word, some word in you, that word will disturb you. You got me if you're if you're carnal minded, and so when you when you give your life over to Christ, you're put into the hands of a guardian, somebody who has legal rights to be there because of your one time confession of your sin and accepting Jesus Christ. That's part of who He is. He's a guardian for you. So. Uh, Peace is really a relative of patience. We talked about patience some yesterday. So peace and patience are relatives. They're more of the the emotional uh, fruit. You know, they maintain your emotions more uh, is in a, a, a tranquil manner, in a manner that's akin to God's spirit and how God wants you to operate at all times. It's like peace is like putting you in neutral, so you're not revved up and you're not dead either. You got me, but you're raring to go, but you're just not expending energy you know mental energy and and all that kind of stuff that will exhaust you and so when we when we have peace as our guardian we can trust God you can relax finally you can you don't have to be making plans for anything all the time or trying to figure anything out or what am I going to do here you just let that go and so you can have that so in Philippians 4 um, we'll talk we'll give you our scripture and what I want to talk about today, oh, didn't read it yet. I read you a couple versions of it. I I tend to like to preach from the King James because it's so familiar to me. But <clears throat> I have a, a translation that puts it in more up to date language, which I like to use sometimes too. Philippians four six, it says here, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So when trouble comes, there's something you lack and you have to put it in the form of a request to God. And this is what will happen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Or one translation says guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then to follow up. After you've received his peace, you made your request to maintain peace. This is what he tells you to do whatsoever things are true and honest things are just pure lovely of good report praiseworthy and thankworthy if there's any virtue and any praise in it think on those things and so really the God of peace will will keep you in peace if you'll follow that pattern of how to treat problems that will arise in your life he says don't be anxious don't be careful about it but to do these things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving always give thanks to God 
Always. Always rejoice in the Lord. And this is in, in what it does is it puts your mental state in a healthier frame of mind so that you can more readily receive answers from God. When you're disturbed, if somebody gave you a good answer, it would sound like trouble to you. You ever been so upset you get mad at somebody who tries to calm you down? Yeah, we've all had that devil on us. And so, <laughs> amen. So we need to understand why God gives us peace. He gives us peace. For one reason he gives us peace is because we're redeemed from hell. Hell has torment. That's evidence of your redemption. Is his peace. He keeps us in a bond of peace. He's got a covenant of peace. He says I take away your turmoil and give you my peace in exchange for that. You know in the covenant ritual they would exchange certain things. Exchange belts, weapons, exchange the blood. When the blood was mingled together that's what this is about. Your life is now mingled in the life of God and all iniquity has been, uh, has been purged from you. And now God will take away everything that disturbs you and give you his peace instead. See? That's how your covenant works. That's how you know you're saved really. Is that there's been such a change. Your heart's changed in that you can love Christians now. Remember them people we used to talk about and run from? Now we love them. So that's one way you know you pass from life to death. But one of the other ways the fruit of the spirit now is available to you. You're not carousing around. You're not acting stupid. You're not trying to draw attention to yourself. You're just chilling out peaceful. You don't have to be the life of the party anymore. Huh? <laughs> you can have you can let God be your party and have peace with him. So <clears throat> the Bible also said in James 3.18 the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. So when God wants to sow word into your heart, wants to sow righteousness into you through his word, it has to come in peace. It cannot come to you in turmoil. God cannot sow his word into the kingdom of darkness. He has to sow it into light. So peace even prepares your heart and your mind to receive the word of God. You ever notice when you're peaceful, you're more open to people speaking to you. When you're upset, unless they slap you real good. You've seen those situations on television where some hysterical person is flying and somebody says, Whap! They say, ow. Oh, okay, I'll listen now. So, but peace comes to keep you undisturbed, composed and undisturbed so that God can speak to you. That's the way he speaks to his children. He's not like a nanny that yanks you and gives you a time out. He's a covenant God. He comes into your life through worship. You know, and, and you know, be sensible now. You know, you're talking to me. There has to be a respect there. And so peace keeps your mind and heart in a respectable place so that God can get to you. He can speak to you. That's why I tell people, if you're worried about something, you better pray and get that off of you. And then wait for God to speak to you and give you instruction. Don't go grabbing thoughts. 
in your your mind when you're upset you'll never get the right answer he's not going to talk to you like that that's not how he rolls so you have to get yourself in a place and peace being your guardian helps you to get there so that God can give his word to you to get you out of the jam that you're in so there's a process here that must be followed I know we think we've heard from God but you know it's it's not people say well I have peace about it well that's wonderful but is God in it and what kind of peace are we talking about here is it that false thing that you get because you you just put it out of your mind you know what I'm saying or did you really pray supplication with thanksgiving and allow that peace to descend upon you as a bond to let God know I heard you and I got this and just stay undisturbed until my next I tell you what move to make next you got me you have to be kept in peace so that God can tell you when to move what to move and what to do Psalms 37 37 says mark the mature man because there's peace that follows that person the mature person the immature person is always upset about everything but the mature perfect man peace follows him Isaiah 48 22 says that there is no peace to the wicked so wicked thoughts disturb our peace when you're anxious that comes from the devil God is not making you upset about anything he always comes to us in peace the Bible says in Romans 8 6 to be spiritually minded is life and peace so life comes in a peaceful mode not in a mode of turmoil not in a mode of turmoil So we need a guardian to conduct us in life. The early church always greeted one another with grace and peace be unto you. Because they, they had to have certain ways, certain salutations that they gave one another. Because there were so many enemies surrounding them. If Caesar found out that they were worshiping Jesus, he could have them put in jail, which they often did. If the Pharisees found out they were having a meeting, they would come and disturb it and try to accuse them just like they did the Lord. And so they had to have certain salutations that they would do. And when they would say peace, the Holy Spirit would follow up and bestow that upon the people that they were around. And so they, they would, what they call, you know, some of the traditional churches, they would say pass the peace. Have you ever been in churches where they would do that? They would uh, have a, a, a time uh, of, of just meet and greet type fellowship before the service proper gets started and they'll say just pass the peace to the next person and that's one of the older traditions of the church where we just go around and handshake and love on somebody and and when you got back to your seat you found the atmosphere was changed you were changed because you had an opportunity to break down that wall of defense don't come here don't come here I'm not in that mood I ain't feel like it I ain't feeling you today you know that kind of stuff that gets broken and peace 
fills the atmosphere so that the Holy Spirit can rule and reign. He can guard the whole meeting then. You see you have to have ways to break these things so that people can release peace and the grace of God toward that person that's fellowshipping with them. That's true fellowship you know folks. There's no fellowship you come in and, and wait on the edge of your seat till service is over and go out the same way you left. You know that's that's no good. That didn't change anybody. But the early church had it right. They knew how to bless one another that way and release God's spirit toward that person in the atmosphere. And so these are bestowed upon us by God. They're the free gifts of God. So Jesus was our peace offering. There had to be an offering made for us to have peace with the Father. And that was Jesus. So he is our peace offering. And his offering released the Holy Spirit to bring peace to us between us and God and us and man. So this is true redemption. The fact that we are purchased and protected. That's true redemption. You're not just bought out to roam around the world on your own. You're brought out to a custodian because you're incompetent. Remember, we have been judged totally incompetent of managing ourselves. <laughs> you know, you had enough of that when you were in the world. All kind of crazy ideas and I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that and I'm going to blow up, I'm going to blow down. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to do everything. So he and he guards our hearts and our minds. Those are the two precious places that God needs to have access to. He gets your heart and mind. See, we're God doesn't have to govern our flesh. He governs what's inside. See, and you make the decision what your flesh is going to do. Uh, you govern your flesh. But he will guard our hearts and our minds because those are the places he needs access to. Those are the deeper parts of us that he needs to have access to. He resides in our spirit which is our heart. You know that's another way of saying uh, spirit is heart. And so the innermost core of us is what God has dominion over. And that's the place where where most of the fruitful things of life. It's you know that's where your 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 life is really. You know the issues of life pour forth out of our heart, and so we need one who is entrusted by law to protect, preserve, and care for us. Take custody of this of us. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel better. You know, it lets me know that God's taking care of everything. There's nothing left out of this covenant. You know, he's got all the bases covered for us. So we are admonished in in, uh, Philippians 4 again, not to let cares and anxieties linger. God desires that we be of a peaceful heart and mind. Why is that? Because we are redeemed from the power of darkness. We already said that hell has torment and we're not slated for hell anymore. So any of the forces of hell, any of the fruits of hell are off limits for us. And he's given us protection against them. So and this is good because you can relax and not have to worry about protecting yourself so much anymore. We're new creatures. We can be trusting people. So when God redeemed us, he took fear away from us. He's not given us the spirit of fear. If it comes to us, it is trespassing. And we can call upon God 
to deliver us from that and put us back into the hands of the custodian to the guardian again amen so he paid for us to have peace his peace is ordered that we be bound to him in peace so you are shackled to God but you're shackled in peace it's not like handcuffs you know I don't know of any restraint that's comfortable to anybody except the one God gives us you see people uh, in custody you know at some point the handcuffs start to irritate them and not only is it physically irritating but what it represents (laughs) people is not good it lets you know you might be going up for a while you got me that you're not free you're not of your own but in God we are bound to him you know there's enough scripture to let us know we we have been bought we are not our own but you don't feel restricted you feel free I know I feel free I know I can't do everything but I can't the desire to do a lot of stuff isn't there you see what I'm saying so you've been you've been redeemed you've been bought back you're bound to God you're shackled you're you're but it's a peaceful they're like uh, velvet restraints <laughs> put it that way velvet handcuffs uh, if you could there is such a thing so it's a peaceful bonding that we have with God so peaceful that you don't really feel that you're restricted at all you know unless you you about to go a little nuts you know and that kind of thing when when God's love gets to be irritating to you you need to go to God you need to get straightened out you know you that's not right you can't uh, when when one who has been a friend turns to an enemy something's wrong somewhere you see we don't have enemies anymore except the devil spiritual forces but people with skin on they're not your enemies they just they just have a lapse sometime in their spirituality but but you know they're not your enemies all men are are our friends so since our sins are remitted they are sent away there is no separation between us so we are bonded together with God in peace broke that middle wall of partition so that we can have access to God and we're bound to him don't ever get it twisted that you can lose God that easily we're bound to him he may not be a part of your awareness or you may be thinking you're doing something different these days but you're still bound to him in covenant you got me it's like you know if say for instance if you're married and you go on a trip you that just because you ain't around her today that don't make you single Maybe I need to get a drink of water or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people act like that now. Don't get me wrong. They, you know, they think out of sight, out of mind or whatever. You know, they can go fishing again and, and whatever, whatever. <laughs> Catch a barracuda this time. I hope she bites your face off. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Whee! In John 20, verse 21, we'll, you see Jesus' salutation to the disciples. And he always greeted them with peace. Now, it wasn't like what we do. You know, peace out, peace in, peace up 
peace down he was releasing the spirit of peace toward them when he said that there was a tangible presence of God descending upon them because many times when he would show up he didn't use the door you know he was just there and so you know you know he he and Jesus always conducted himself with them in a holy manner he was never quote unquote familiar in the flesh like you know like you know with us we sneak up on somebody and scare them half to death you know i'm just messing with you man you know what i'm saying that kind of, he didn't do that <laughs> to people he won't do that to you <laughs> he has too much respect for your fragile mental condition to mess with you like that because he could do it now he could show up in that meeting they would never trust him it's like man when is he going to show up somewhere but so you know he had to conduct himself in such a way that he had respect for them and the condition that they were in so he would always in he could sense when they were fearful or they were confused or they wouldn't be able to receive him and so he always blessed them with peace or conferred peace upon them and and didn't take advantage of his supernatural you know access to supernatural power and that kind of thing so what does peace really mean when you greet someone and in covenant language it means I come as a friend not an enemy because strangers were were either or and strangers oftentimes were considered to be enemies it means I have a covenant with you it means we are as family this is why we uh, witness to the Muslim this is why we witness to uh, the heathen you know the new ager we witness to everybody because once they can come into this covenant of God then we are family and we are peaceful now and we we lay down our weapons against one another Uh, you see it a lot in the Middle East that's why they stay separated so much because they know if they ever start to break bread do any of the things that represent covenant to them like for instance sharing food if a Muslim ever shared a food with a Christian or or Jew they can't fight you anymore did you know that even if if say for instance if um, uh, say a Muslim uh, was uh, you know abandoned or something or or had to walk for a long way ran out of food and happened to wind up in the kitchen of a Jewish person and took food without it being offered they couldn't fight them anymore that breaking of bread sharing another man's bread means automatically you lay down your animosity against that person isn't that amazing that it works so well in certain cultures and here in America we betray one another over the dinner table sometimes striving fighting you know carrying on get up and get mad at somebody start argument at the table take the beer bottle pop it on the end of the table and I cut you <laughs> babe running come over and he messing everything up again you ready to cut somebody in there it's amazing how the kids can be cutting up and then mom come in there boy put that thing down she bring her guns yeah i shoot you put it down whatever but you know you got to have a peacemaker because the guardian showed up so make everybody peaceful get along 
<laughs> so that's what that means. It means I have a covenant with you. We are as family. That's what peace really means. David and Jonathan had this type of man to man covenant. The man to man, I think there's a Greek word, suntiki. Is man to man. You can see it in your Strong's Concordance. And diatheki is man to God. So there are two distinct covenants and in, in talked about in Bible language. So they had the man to man covenant. So when there's peace between parties, there's trust and there's rest. You don't have to worry about them. You don't have to watch your back. God has your back. You don't fear anybody. So fear is abolished. Animosity partition everything's broken down you share everything in common now all things alike so you can really let your guard down when you have a covenant of peace with somebody that's why in churches where God's power reigns uh, and, and you'll see moves of God we call revivals where God's power reigns all these partitions are broken down you know people can sit with other people that in, in normal culture they would be separated from all that kind of stuff and Sousa Street was persecuted one of the reasons it was because it, it didn't tolerate racism they, they found God's presence would leave if they hated anybody that came in so it's we better love somebody up in here and let's go hug somebody or do whatever you need to do but God's not liking this so they understood what God wanted and what he didn't want based upon the response of the Holy Spirit to things and so so we we have to understand that God has that standard for us that we can relax around one another we can have fellowship uh Oftentimes churches and and meeting places are considered sanctuaries where you can come in and and get rest from your enemies, protection from your enemies, all those kinds of things. So before God's peace came, we do not trust anybody. Almost everybody's your enemy. Everybody's on guard all the time. I know it because I, I lived a number of years without the Lord. You didn't know who your enemies were. What they might do to you and when they would strike. So you had to be careful. Every word you speak to people. You know you had to meet people and get to know them for a while before you could trust them. Invite them over. Whatever, whatever. You watch their words. You watch their behavior. You watch all those things. Uh, you know in, in, in the workplace. You know, you you can work around people to a certain degree, but can you go out with them socially? You know, there's that fear there, you know, or can you invite them over to your home? You know, it takes a while. You have to to observe some things. You're guarded. You got to watch them. You got to watch. But, you know, when you when you have peace with God, you can take his word about people. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to be so guarded and careful. If you are, you're wasting your time because you can go right in and ask God about people. You understand how to relate to him, them, uh, who to take into your confidence. You know, that's the other thing. People don't want other people to know their quote unquote business as though they can do something to you because of that knowledge. You see, we think when we give people knowledge about it, us that gives them power and that makes us vulnerable 
Because they know something about us and how are they going to use it. See, are they going to use it to hurt us? Are they going to use it to help us? Are they going to help pray for us? Whatever, whatever. And so when you're with the Lord, all that fear is broken down because you don't have any. You, you, you can be at peace with people as long as you you trust God you know you give these things over to the Lord now you're not stupid you don't go around blasting your your uh, uh, information about yourself you, you're not on display anywhere but you're not afraid to share with people you know you can in as long as it's done purposefully let me put it that way because you have to understand what the purpose is behind your words and, and in these relationships. And I think that as long as you come together and you have a common uh, uh, goal and that is your success in God. You can share with believers things that, that trouble you or disturb you and you can, can come together in this prayer and you can get the peace of God on the situation. You understand what I'm saying? And so you don't have to really fear anything because the peace of God, your guardian has entrusted, you've entrusted everything to him and you don't have to kind of sort out who's for you, who's against you. You know, that kind of paranoia, you, you, you have to watch that because, you know, sometimes people get into the place where they have certain pet ideas that they want to keep without them being challenged you know and if you think the majority of Christians don't believe like you believe you will be guarded you understand what I'm saying I'll give you a good example when we uh, in in this day and age everybody feels like divorce is okay and just go find somebody else and that's prevalent in the church. They don't, they don't counsel people, tell them to try reconciliation and, 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 you know, stay single for the rest of your days, you know, that kind of thing. Remember that? Uh, and so if people come in and they don't want to reconcile, they don't want to follow the word, then they're looking for people who think like they do and they're, they don't talk about that too. They don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear what God has to say on those issues. You find some people that are fornicators. You know, they don't think that up. Well, God understands. He don't understand that. He ain't a fornicator. He didn't tell you to do that. Anything God doesn't command, he doesn't understand. He's not, he's holy, folks. Holy people don't understand iniquity. They just get rid of it. You understand? I said, well, that's iniquity. Get out of here. Uh-huh. They don't consider it and tear it apart. Poor thing. When Jesus lived in an earth suit, he didn't understand it. He told him, go and sin no more. That's what he did. He got rid of sin for people. He don't understand. He gets rid of it. What you consider and understand, you start doing. You adopt it. You've adopted it already in some way. Thank God you got a Savior who doesn't understand these things. Because you'd be stuck doing them for the rest of your life and go to hell. So let's get real here. But you'll find that sometimes believers who, I call them unbelieving believers. Born again, but they got their pet thing that they got to have and they'll gravitate toward people who tell them it's okay you know you get in front of your favorite tv preacher and you hear him give you a pass on it and you feel built up and i gotta go into church where these 
where the enemy is. You got me? So you have to learn how to lay that stuff down. Just take your medicine like everybody else. When I realized I couldn't slap my husband around and cuss him out like I wanted to, I just take my medicine. <laughs> so I guess the gun is out of the question if that's those are the rules and those are the rules. Yeah. Like take it out from under your pillow. You. Just go to sleep on a normal bed now. All that's gone is in the past. <laughs> we all got to follow rules, folks. Everybody's got to follow rules. <laughs> all the fears that you have, mental fears, tormenting fears, and they are tormenting. You know, sometimes we live with them so long, you know, we live in a low level of torment, but still, fear is tormenting. They stem from iniquity. And that's been nailed to the tree. It's been rendered harmless against you. It's ineffective against you. So, And it's the father of fear and the carnal life that we need a guardian from. You need somebody who can protect you from your own fears, from your own mind. So Philippians 4.6 tells us not to fear. So I'm going to read you. This uh, it's a message Bible. It's kind of an updated. It says here, "Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Mm-hmm. Letting God know your concerns, and before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness." Everything coming together for good. So this is all part of peace. You got me? Remember the the Hebrew word shalom. It means whole, intact, entire, nothing missing, nothing broken. The ziklag goal. You see? Everything preserved for you. And God leads you to it and you repossess it. Everything intact, nothing missing, you recover all. And that's what that that sense is about. And he says everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And summing it all up friends I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, Compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. And he says, put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. So your life will be a peace that passes all understanding. And so all of these fears we said stem from iniquity. Philippians 4, 6 tells us not to give in to iniquity which means do not fear. So this is God's remedy for us. To put yourself in protective custody of your guardian. Peace is your custodian. He cares for you. He takes care of you. He helps you to sort out thoughts 
that are that are harmful to you that you don't need to focus on or meditate on. He'll take all of that away from you. Sometimes it'll shock you how well this works. When you've lived a life of worry and concern and fear. And I'm not talking about pretending not to be concerned. Because that thing will tell on you too. You know, sometimes we don't know how to get God's peace. You know, sometimes you live with something so long, you just, it stays there. You don't even consider it an enemy anymore. You see it as you or a friend or under you. Somebody has to understand you about these things. Anxiety is a horrible thing. Because there's some, that's, that's a torment from hell because it, it, it really, it really is trying to say to you that God can't help you. You don't have a God, you don't have an advocate, and you have no hope. That's what anxiety does. And it tells you that things will not ever get any better for you. Because it puts you, see fear is an eternal force. You got me? Because it's part of hell. It's going to be around for a long time. There's eternal life and there's eternal death, eternal hell. So there's eternal torment as well. And it's always going to be around. That's why it's so prevalent and it can latch on to things so quickly. And can can latch on to your thoughts. And so many times, you know how sometimes people have to compose themselves in certain situations. So they're accustomed to dealing with a certain level of fear and hiding it. And keeping it down, kind of like pushing on it so it doesn't pop up and get them. And then they'll get in situations where the fear gets exposed. You get into something that's way beyond your ability to hold that thing down. And so you'll get anxious and it shows. And you're embarrassed. You're ashamed. You don't like people seeing you're nervous. What are they thinking about me? All that. That means you've owned that fear instead of seeing it as your enemy. You've embraced it as your friend and now you're responsible for it. And that's why we cover it up. We feel responsible. Well, before you meet the Lord, that's all you got. But now you got him, let go of that thing. Get into some prayer. You'll never get rid of what you can't confess. You'll never get rid of it. God sees it and he knows it's there. But if you can't uh, get rid of it through confessing, God, I see this. This is wrong. You've got to make a judgment about it. This is wrong for me to do things this way and to hold on to this and operate my old ways. Forgive me, Lord, and help me to get out of this and he'll help you that's why all your meditating and listening to the word and stuff don't take root you didn't follow what God told you to do to get peace about it and then that peace will guard your mind so you don't get disturbed by it anymore until your deliverance comes there will come a day when you're totally delivered from that thing but in in the meantime, you got to trust God to keep you in perfect peace. Got me? Keep you in perfect peace. So <clears throat> the, God's remedy for you is to put you into the care of the custodian. Mm-hmm. We need a custodian. So we've been given to him for safekeeping so that we don't live a defeated Christian life. And this is what I can tell you why people can't live victorious in God. They don't trust that they have a guardian. See, they mess up. They think they're on their own. 
And I, you know, I don't know why I keep doing this. And, you know, well, you got to know you got help. If you knew that you had that kind of help, you'd be less concerned about trying to manage it on your own. See? You have to do that. He helps you with everything. God's thought about everything. He's thought about stuff you don't even know you got problems with. Huh? So agitation and nervousness and caution are signs that you haven't given things over to your guardian. Mm-hmm. You haven't really given them over. And as often as you're anxious you need to go to God and say God I still have a problem with this. I, I see that I'm not peaceful. You know I can remember when, when I was recovering from a nervous breakdown and, and I remember when the doctors released me. I wasn't well. I knew I wasn't. I didn't think like I wanted to think. I knew there was a normal somewhere I wasn't at yet. But see, they release you when they're tired of writing prescriptions and you've exceeded your insurance limitations. I mean, they release you when they feel like it. See, that's why I don't go to the world first for diddly. Uh, I got a father, honey. My father created me. He takes care of me. He knows everything. I don't run to man for diddly. You understand me? And so once you've graduated and you understand that your problems are spiritual and you got to go to a spiritual authority to get the help, you don't go around messing around with people. What can people do for you? Get you in more trouble. So agitation, nervousness, and caution are signs where you're not over into the hands of the guardian. You've got to get yourself over there. How do we get there? I already said through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You don't get there without praying about it. Without taking it to God. Without presenting yourself at the throne room for your help. These things are not automatic and you cannot claim them by faith. Let's get real here. You you have faith to do the word. That's what you need. You do what the word says to do to get there. When you you when you pray and leave your concerns with God, then he hands you over to the peaceful guardian for safekeeping. He you need somebody to keep you safe lest you pick that back up again. Now there are people who are anxious Want to keep dabbling around, don't want to trust God, think they can do something. And when you learn how to stay peaceful, once that peace is granted to you and you learn how to stay undisturbed with it, see, then you can leave it over there and you can just have a nice vacation while God works it out for you. In your peace, you have a sense that God is working things out for you. If you don't have that sense you're not in his peace. Because what did we say the old Hebrew definition of, of peace was wholeness and comfort and safety in a sense that things are being worked out. That's what peace is. So it's not just I'm, I'm sitting uh, with my hands folded not moving. Because if I make a wrong move, you know, <laughs> I can't trust myself. But it's a sense that it's taken care of. See, the thing that you are careful and anxious about is being cared for and taken care of for your good. So God's not working around behind your back, setting you up for something or getting ready to tell you you don't measure up. 
See how fear can, can interfere with your thought life? That's why God won't have any place in it. He won't entertain you in fear. Job's biggest problem as he lay on his his bed of affliction was fear. It kept getting stirred up. Every visit he had stirred up fear. When he when you are in fear, it'll you give fear permission to draw more fearful things to you. So it'll it'll never leave you. You just one one fearful thought after the other after the other. That's how people wind up, uh, you know, having nervous breakdowns because everything seems to feed into the fear after a while. It's not just centered on certain things. You know, we're not to fear anything. There's nothing, nothing that this world has that should bring us concern, bring us fear, bring us discontent. But we give into it anyway. But we can get back our peace again by giving these things over to God and knowing God's going to work them out for our good. Not He's not withholding anything to penalize you for bad behavior. Just keep sowing righteous seed and the harvest will come. But fear comes to immobilize us so that we don't trust God and we have this nagging, gnawing feeling that there's something else, something else that we've done that's the reason for our situation here. And God's not telling us, you know, if, you know, I know there's something there, you know, he needs to tell me what it is. Well, you can't do anything about it anyway. Why is he going to tell you? <laughs> All you're going to do is argue with him, but that ain't it. I didn't do that. (laughs) So quit asking him what you did because you don't want to hear it. He took care of all of that for crying out loud. Let's Let's just go on and be honest between us and God and have relationship. Let's have fellowship. God wants to have relationship with us. He don't want to keep hearing about your faults and problems, what's wrong with you. And he no psychiatrist. He's God. Go read you some word and get all happy and come back and talk to me. Hmm? So what he told Job, he said, "Get up and put your put your garb on. You gotta you gotta minister for me. You've been on the bed long enough, you know. It's just if you're gonna do this, do this. So let's get get busy, you know." People think when they have difficulties, they need a, somebody to mope around with them and tell them how hard. Oh, I understand how you, you don't understand nothing. You really don't, you know. So let's not tell people that. You know, we can pray for them. You're to offer prayer. You're to offer God's help for them, not not this, you know, hand holding stuff. You know, the Bible does say to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. But let's get going here, back to normal life. When are we going to get our life back so we can fulfill what God has us here for? You know, weeping endures, the Bible says, for a, that's it. You got one night to, you got one night to cry. You got me? You understand what I'm saying? It's brief. In other words, it's not to consume your life. It's a brief thing, not a continual thing. When it's continual, it's something wrong. I knew this as a sinner. I knew when I was crying and depressed, all I said something is wrong with me. I said this is. I said now I've been upset before, but this is this is too much. This is excessive, and so we need to understand when excess comes, you need the guardian even more. So it's very important for us to follow this pattern of dealing with things that concern us when fear attacks you 
And you see it as an enemy. Not a consistent part of your life. But when you're attacked by fear. Then you need to have. Because you can hear bad news and not be disturbed. You know. I mean it's not everything is supposed to send you up the wall. And many times it's minor things. And we afford ourselves the luxury of coming out of God's peace. It's a luxury you can't afford. You need to train yourself to stay peaceful. Because whenever the enemy sees that he can train you to give his response, he'll keep doing it. What he wants to do with us is undo what God's done. He does it with people all the time. That's how people backslide. They somehow got set up something in them and now they're allowing the enemy to undo it. They don't have confidence in that anymore. And so they they just slide away from God, you know. It's not being honest with God. You know, you start hiding things first from people. And then you get into denial and you don't don't even let God know what's going on with you. You know, some people are not eager to open up to anybody. But if it's just you in a quiet room talking to somebody who lives inside of you, I don't see what the problem is. You're not talking to people. You're really talking to God. But many times people are so distrusting of anybody and anything, they don't even tell God what's going on. So when you don't trust God, you're in big trouble. See, He's done everything to earn your trust. There's no reason that we don't trust God. He's done everything to earn it. Where man has done very little if nothing. So you don't have to trust man. You can trust God though. But you cut that off and, and you know it won't be long. And the enemy will come and claim everything that God's sown into your life. He'll start to consume it. So we need to know to follow this pattern through prayer supplication Bible says verse 6 be anxious for nothing in other words it's not okay to be worried it's not okay to be nervous you know we think we're getting some kind of merit badge when we go around oh I can't, I've got to do something about it. you don't have to do nothing about nothing no, you really don't you may think you do but you don't I would say if you're going to do anything, let God teach you a better way. So that if you fall into a consistent pattern of disobedience and then fear and condemnation and all of that, you need to go to God and say, now I'm, when I repent, I'm open to saying I don't want to do that anymore. So teach me how not to do that anymore. How to walk in victory over it so that it doesn't run me, I run it. That's what you want. You want victory over all the works of darkness. You don't want to leave any little cutesy habits around that you pet it because you're defeated in that area. That's why we make pets out of them because you know you scared to take them to a shelter you don't want to be a bad person (laughs) you know what I'm saying it's been around so long how can I part with it kind of thing I don't want to treat it mean and so that's that's what happens with oftentimes iniquity in our lives things that we find hard to get rid of on our own why don't we try letting God help us with these things he can still help you I don't care uh, how late it is in your salvation um, with things that that are disturbing to you God can always help you with these things and he wants to he wants to occupy that place where that thing that used to disturb you 
that spot that thing consumed in your life he wants that see that's his territory so he is more than willing to aid and assist you and deliver you from that thing doesn't line up with the word you want rid of it so we are we do not have answers this is why we're anxious you get nervous because you've come against come up against something that you don't have an answer for so if you don't have an answer anyway why are you seeking your through your mind to find something but we do it anyway we try well you know maybe I can do this or maybe I can do that no maybe you can pray let your request be made known to God through prayer supplication with thanksgiving father I thank you that I can come to you with this don't thank him for the problem always be thankful to God that he's given you access that he has an answer and a remedy that's what you're thankful for you're thankful for his answer if you let yourself be thankful for the right thing you'll get the right thing but you can't be a hypocrite saying God I thank you for this and I thank you for this and you're not thankful what are you thankful for in these situations Lord I'm thankful I don't have to come up with an answer I'm glad I don't have to come up with that thousand dollars God and they slapping on me for you, you understand what I'm saying I'm glad I don't have to do that I'm glad you're here for me. I'm glad you have a way for me. I'm glad that you can give me your peace. I'm just glad to be saved. <laughs> let's let's be saved here. Saved means I don't have to come up with anything. I'm safe from myself. <laughs> so we don't have answers. That's why we're anxious about things. We've come against something we don't have a solution for so when you're out of answers you need a guardian Hmm? don't you when you can't manage your own little affairs like the you know (laughs) I worked in psychiatry you know used to have hearings all the time for people and it was kind of amazing you know people could be just as crazy as they wanted to be walking around the the hospital and stuff and they get to these hearings and they talk more normal and I said wait a minute what's going on (laughs) Hmm? that's how devils operate the devil wants to if he wants to keep control of your money keep you on drugs and keep you throwing your money away and and you know a lot of people sometimes people who have mental illness if they're given say like even if they have a disability check or social security check they become the the supply for all the drug addicts around the neighborhood and the people that want to mooch off of them and the devil knows how to let your mind go he knows what a judge look he knows what court is he knows what a judge is because that's how that's his hang see in the criminal element so he knows how to work the system they go on and the people say well yes yes you're on they come in dressed looking normal and brush their teeth comb their hair been the hairdresser been everywhere and straighten up real easy and go on and live independent from the family and then when they break down police are calling the family it, it's a it's a vicious cycle for some people it needs a lot of prayer in some areas folks really needs a lot of prayer so you know you you have to turn yourself over 
to a custodian. You don't get this pride thing on you. Like you got to know this. And I, well, I should know better. I've been a Christian for a, that's the biggest religious trap you can get yourself into. I've been saved all these years. I should know this. And I, you're just beating yourself up for no reason. Come on now. And and so we we have to let these things go and understand that you are talking about spiritual things that are highly complicated even for a good spiritual mind. To say nothing of a carnal mind that's still nervous about, you know, paying bills and stuff. You know, it's just it's it's pathetic sometimes. You know, we get this thing on us where we want to be all responsible all of a sudden, and and you know, there, it's no such place. You know, you need to stay under the shadow of the Almighty. If we understood everything that's arrayed against us, you know, in certain situations, if you could make one false move consistently often enough how the enemy would ensnare you got me he likes to work in your flesh tantalize you with things you like so he can drag you over onto his property and beat you half to death Mm -hmm. you know your first warning is when he starts taking your money from you when money starts leaving you know something's wrong you got to go back and check things out and get yourself back over into righteousness where you can where you can abide next thing he'll take is your health get money get health and get you ensnared it's easy for him to do now all he has to do is keep you worried and anxious about something long enough it's easy to make a wrong financial move when you're nervous about money you make more wrong moves than good ones. And then you don't trust God because you're condemned because you shouldn't have done this with your money. You shouldn't have done that with me. Cut it out. Stop it. Stop it. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. God, I thank you that even though I am incompetent, I have a guardian. <laughs> I've been turned over to the courts. <laughs> I have my velvet shackles on. And I am a bond slave of yours in the bond of peace. And I have a custodian who is here to help me. A guardian over my soul. My school crossing guard from years ago is here to help me get across this difficult life that I have. It's hard down here. You know you got your own flesh against you. You got your own carnality against you. And you got the devil against you. And God knows it. And so that's why you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be able to do everything. You don't have to be all competent yourself. Nobody's giving medals out for that. The Bible says endure to the end. You know what that means? That means some on fragments of the boat. Some on life rafts. As you get in there safe. Sassy Duplantis said that uh, he's been to heaven I don't know a couple times at least but he said that he was there and he saw like a, a people coming up to heaven you know and he said there was a man that came up and when he, he got up there he had, had his eyes closed and he opened them and said I'm here I'm so glad. he said that man was jumping all around <laughs> I guess he was questionable to himself as I don't know. But you know I don't know anything about it. But anyway he said that man was so glad he jumped and ran around there. (laughs) 
so I guess they have to have a, a holding cell for new converts up there. They tear up everything, you know. We made it. Huh? So this is a life of endurance. You know, that, that uh, the last chapter of the book of Acts is very telling about the last chapter of, of many Christian lives. You know, I mean, there's some, some snares of the enemy. You know, just because you haven't been ensnared, it doesn't mean that you can't be or that you're doing a better job than somebody who's been ensnared. You know, some of these people who, who uh, get ensnared by the enemy do so because they get involved so much in the work of God that they're not careful enough you understand what I'm saying they're not careful to get things lined up with God for their protection they don't have enough prayer they don't have enough uh, uh, concern for intercession and spiritual warfare Uh, the people that laugh at these things are the most defeated do you understand what I'm saying? These are no laughing matters. And so there's, there are people who, who can, can get, you ask some of the people that, that were early pioneers. Uh, in the the things of God, moves of God, uh, Gordon Lindsay was one. He was a a man of strong prayer. His wife Frida, who uh, wound up being in charge of that ministry for like thirty years, he passed away in the seventies, I think, or early eighties. He'd been dead a long time. She lived, outlived him by more than thirty five or forty years. But she was the CEO at Christ for the Nation. She ran that whole university, and and she was his intercessor. And he almost died once, got on a plane, and for some reason he said, I thought to myself, I'm not going to get on that plane. That plane was not canceled. There was no warning given to anybody there but him. And he decided not to take that flight, and that flight went down and everybody on it was killed. You understand? And so these are people who respect God's ways and understand their need for protection. And many times people will ask you for prayer because they understand this. They're not trying to be strong. They're not trying to be super people. They're not trying to be invincible. But they understand their weakness against the power of darkness. See, if we could have more believers like that, we'd have a greater prayer foundation in some of our ministries. You know, you got a you got a church of 9,000 people, but you backslide. Who's praying for you? How important is your foundation of prayer? You got me? And so these things have to be in place before we can can go through. Billy Graham's ministry, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association was all prayer warriors when it started. They were people of deep conviction, people of high moral character in God, the people that prayed. And that's how he got from place to place to place and and, and never suffered anything, never suffered morally, never suffered financially. Nothing. Spotless record. Why? Because somebody back there is helping him and he submits to that because he knows he needs a guardian. He's not trying to be the high man up there and I take care of myself kind of thing. It's nonsense. Another definition of God's peace is that it bypasses carnal understanding. When you understand something, you're able to be intimately involved with it and control it. You got me? You are able to be intimately involved with it and control it. That's what understanding really entails. If I understand computers, 
That means I can go in and take them apart. Dismantle them. I can control them. Because I have understanding. Well this piece nobody understands. That means nobody can control it. Nobody can take away from Nobody can manipulate it. Nobody can understand it. Nobody can comprehend it. Overtake it. Control it. Take it away from you. And, and be a master over it. It's 100% God. All you can do is respect it. You ever had something like that in your life? You understand it every time you try to get involved with it. You get repelled. So you got to respect it. And that's the way God's peace is. That's a, and people who walk in God's peace have that type of affect and that type of stature where people can't penetrate and get in there and disturb it. Even though they try. You got me? You'll find goofy people that don't respect the anointing of God don't respect God and then try to manipulate people who are under God's authority and they get frustrated because they can't penetrate that and it, they bounce off every time they try you know I had somebody in the ministry once that told me something like that they've been in religion all their life and they said yeah when you first came I thought well I can take her on <laughs> And they said, and I was walking behind you one time in the meeting, and she said, and I just fell back against the wall. Well, peace. Past your guardian is there. It's real. So you get somebody crazy enough to want to challenge. You know, sometimes people just have goofy ideas. They've been around phony stuff all their life. And when they bump into the real, they really bump into it. And so that's how God teaches us what's real and what's not real, I guess. And so it's untouchable because it is incomprehensible. You can't figure it out. You can't think it through. You can't get a grip on it. So you just have to respect it. Stay under it. See it as your friend and abide by it. Hmm? What you don't understand you must respect and leave alone. Hmm? And that's your guardian. He keeps you in peaceful and contented uh, mode until the answer comes and the problems resolved. But until then you're not anxious at all. Anxiety cannot touch you. Until then you get, you're not sweating it. You're not anxious about it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing missing. There's nothing broken. It's all intact. Because the God of peace has commanded it to be so. See, And once he commands that and you do what you need to do to get under it and stay under it. Then God can bring to you what he needs to bring you. He has total access to you because the guardian will only let in what God wants in. He'll only let in God's answer. So if you need to do something, if there's something that's your responsibility to do to alleviate the problem, God will tell you who, when, and where. He'll put you, give you favor. He'll send you where you need to go. He'll make sure the finances are there before you show up there. He'll make sure everything's in place before you let out to do that. Because you're not going to see if it's going to work. You're going to go and receive what you need from God. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We worship you, Lord, because you're worthy to be praised and adored. And we love you, Father. We thank you for blessing us and keeping us. And always putting us in a place where we can be blessed in all things. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God. Hello.